Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll be in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 23, as we begin this verse-by-verse study. The title of this sermon is, Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Here is the first half of this two-part study. As we kind of dive into Nehemiah chapter 4, one of the things that we do need to understand is that Nehemiah is such a a pivotal book in the Bible because it it actually orchestrates the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. In chapter 2, when it talks about the day of Nisan, it's the actual, to the day, the prophecy being fulfilled to the day that Jesus came on the fowl, on the, on the cold of a donkey. And, and so at the same time, Nehemiah, one of the things you'll learn about Nehemiah just through this one chapter is how Nehemiah was a man of prayer, which we all need to be. That's probably one of the things that the church is hurting more today is we don't spend time in prayer. Uh, and so I hope that you get that from it. The other thing is, is one of the beauties of, of Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, as we get to this point, as they're building the wall, it's a bunch of different people. It's goldsmiths, perfumers. Uh, some, some families didn't have sons, so the daughters went out there and worked. Uh, and, and then you had priests, you had people from out of town, you had all these people working to build the wall. All these different people. And it's a reminder to us that's what the church is. It's, it's a lot of different things that are, are, are put together and orchestrated by God. Uh, things that pastors can't orchestrate. Things that God does. And, and so um, one of the beauties of that is, is that um, we see that, that God is moving, but sadly what happens is Satan starts stirring up agitators. And so you need to understand, like, any time there's a work of the Lord being done, Satan's going to show up. And so we need to remember that. So one of the things that's really sad is I was reading in a a Barner survey that four out of ten Christians don't believe that Satan is a living being. And, And that within itself speaks to why our culture is the way that it is. Our churches are are hurting. The people in the church are hurting because they don't know the Word of God. And in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, we know that the devil shows up there and, and uh, says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And Satan, using the, the serpent as, as the, the tool uh, to speak to Eve, 
We also know that Jesus was tempted by Satan. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was led up uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then we also know that Jesus spoke of Satan. In Luke chapter 10, verse 18, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Satan, a worship leader, wanted to be worshipped. Wanted to be God. One of the things we do need to understand with Satan is he's not all-knowing. He can only be at one place at one time. He has limits. And God sets those limits. God is always in control. But as Christians, we need to understand that Satan and the demons are real. That there's this fight that happens around us. In Revelation 12, verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who is called the devil, and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And we see also in Romans chapter 16, verse 20, we know that there is victory, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under, under your feet. The grace of your Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So as we see over, over time what's happened is we've seen more people outside the church believe in Satan than the people in the church believing in God. Yeah. So you have over 51% of Americans believe that God is all-powerful, all-knowing. But that has dropped from 30 years ago. It used to be 73%. It's a huge drop. And it, and it speaks to where the culture's going. That's why we see such a decline in our culture today. But when you have 56% of, of non-believing uh, followers of Christ, people who are from the world... They believe Satan is, is not just merely some spiritual being. They believe that he's actual, a real person. And, and that's less. you got 56% of the, the world believing in Satan and only 51% believing that God is all-powerful, all-knowing. And now you see what's wrong with our culture today. So as we look at this and dive into this, one of the biggest things I want you to get from this is that any time that you're doing the work of the Lord, regardless of what it is, whether it's in your marriage, you're ministering to other couples, whether it's in your family, you're, you're helping another, another young child or a teenager that's struggling, and you're trying to lead them and help them and guide them, whether it's in the church, it doesn't matter. Satan will show up. And start temptation, start stirring agitators, and, and just create chaos. And that's what happens here when we look at uh, Nehemiah chapter 4. It says in verse 1, as we look at our first point, our enemy despises us. And now when Samballot heard that uh, they were building in, uh, the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged. And he jeered at the Jews. And he said to the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice it? Will they finish it up in a day? Will they revive it uh, in the stones of the heaps of the rubbish and burned, burned ones at that? And, and it says, and um, as we look at that, one of the first things we see is, is Samballot and Tobiah. This is not the first time that they show up in Nehemiah. This is actually, they showed up at the very beginning. They weren't happy when, when uh, Nehemiah shows up. They don't want the wall built. They're making money. They're stealing. They're robbing. They're, they're doing whatever they want in the city. Now, every major city had to have a wall. 
That's how they protected the city. And so when Nehemiah comes, he has the, the approval of the king, but they even accuse him of rebelling in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19. Uh, but they will continue all the way to the very end of Nehemiah. They will continue to show up and be a problem. And it's just a reminder that we will have agitators and people that come into our lives that, that will try to mock us and discourage us. And I want you to understand something. When people come to mock and discourage you, that is the language of the devil. You need to identify it immediately. It is one of the ways that the devil uses to put us down. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength, in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This is one of the biggest problems in the church today is that the fight that we fight is not in our strength. But God tells you to put on the whole armor of God. God didn't say, I'm putting the armor of God on you. You're supposed to put it on yourself. And it's supposed to happen daily. Daily. And some of us don't even know where our armor is. If you're in the military, that's not a good thing. I can remember when the Sergeant Major would be looking for people and he'd start finding weapons and start gathering weapons. And he'd be like, who lost their, their M16? And that's how it is with Christians with their armor of God. Oh, who's got the helmet of salvation? I, thought, I think I left it over here. Mm-hmm. But we're supposed to put it on daily. We need to remember as he mocks them, he, he calls them feeble Jews. That word feeble is the only time it's ever used in the Bible. And it means someone of, uh, uh, in the Hebrew to lack of strength or, uh, or to be weak. And you know what? I'm good with that. You can call me weak all day long. Because it's not my battle, it's God's. Amen. That's right. If we look at that, be strong in the, in the Lord and strength of His might, I'll be weak all day long. Mm-hmm. Because I want Him to fight the battle. I can't. It's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 9, it says, But we have the treasures in jars of clay to show that surpassing power belongs to God and not us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen. We need to remember that it is in, in, in our weakness that God shows up. That He's there to, to guide and direct us. And, and, and one of the things I always tell Christians is that you are to have a heart of a dove and the skin of a rhinoceros. <laughs> Especially us pastors. The heart of a dove and the skin of a rhinoceros because you're gonna Satan's gonna con- come after you all the time. And there's schemes that he's trying to, to move. So one of the things that we need to do is remember the culture today wants to mock you. You don't fit into their if anything, y'all are the rebels. Yeah. Right. Like, for once, we're the rebels, man. It's like, we're the ones who are like, we're, we're, it, it's, it's like when, when Jesus had the disciples. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the crowds didn't want Jesus. We gotta, we have to simply do what? Get out there and share the gospel. 
we have to we have to be able to be bold and understand like what we do they're gonna mock us it's okay trust me i've been mocked i've been flipped off i've been given the one finger salute i'm I'm okay with that because you're not coming against me you're coming against god and, and just the way that same person, I, I know at some point, will come to know faith. They'll remember me. Mm-hmm. And they'll remember that, hey man, I remember at H-E-B, I got upset and I flipped that person off. Because mm-hmm. I remember the person who took his Bible during, during Iraq and, set and beat us over the head with the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, get this guy away from me. From morning to noon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was non- Stop. Seven days a week, we kicked him out of the tent. <laughs> but that guy cared more about my salvation than I did. And I wish I could find him and tell him thank you. Don't worry about if they mock you and what names they call you. You do what God's calling you to do. In verse 3, it says, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. And he said, Yes, what are they building? If a fox goes up and hit it, he will break down their stone wall. So Tobiah decides, hey, I'm going to jump in too. Mm-hmm. Sam Ballot says something, and you know how that is. Sometimes you get people, they tag team, and they're, they're just, they all go at it. And, and what's really sad is, the, the, if you ever study, there's a wonderful website called biblicalarchaeology.org. And if you ever study it, it's there. You got videos and everything. It proves the Bible, which is really awesome. But they found, and when they excavated the walls, the walls that Nehemiah built were nine foot thick. Nine foot thick. So think about that just for a second. Can a fox knock that down? No. No. It can't. And that's what I love about about like these were perfumers. These were locksmiths and they're building a wall, something they've never done. And that's because God gives them the ability to do it. And we have to be effective and just continue to keep doing the work of the Lord because one of the things we need to remember in our experience is that, that the devil will go after those that are effective in the, in the work of the Lord. But if you're a lukewarm Christian, he ain't bothering you. He ain't worried about you. In verse 4, it says, Hear, O God, we are despised. Turn back. Now, this is Nehemiah. He's going to go straight to the Lord with it. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their, he- on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in the land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of, their, of the builders. And that's Nehemiah. Nehemiah is immediately always to prayer. And that's how we should be as followers of Christ. You know, he tells you to put on all the armor of God, but one of the things that we need to remember is the final part of that armor is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. It's prayer. You put on all the armor of God and you do what? Pray. That's where your battles won. You you you're you're on your you're you're spending your energy, uh, and and when, through that prayer, we're able to wield the the sword, the word of God. 
We're able to fight the power, the, the battle, but it's not in our power. It, it doesn't matter what talent you have. We all have talents, but God gives you gifts. You need to remember that. There are a lot of people in the church that can talently do things, but they haven't been gifted in doing it. And that's why their flesh comes out every now and then, because they're doing it in their flesh. Nehemiah, Nehemiah tells us straight up, and uh, you know he, he goes right after him the way David went after uh, in his prayer. They're, they're, they're like, Lord, you deal with them. David, David said in Psalm 58, 6, O God, break the teeth of the, of, in their mouths. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Like, David just goes out and says, You know what, Lord? Defang them. Make them powerless. Mm. They'll be powerless lions. Mm. And Nehemiah's doing the same thing. He's like, Lord, you deal with them. You bring justice. And you know what? You can pray that prayer. Lord knows I pray that prayer for the Congress and Senate. Like, Lord, you bring light. Amen. Right. You, you show the, what darkness is being done. That's right. Throughout, I mean, this is a, we're a nation of God. And we want to we see that. We want to return to God. Amen. Yes. And so we, we have to be praying that prayer. I pray for our leaders. I pray for every, all of our Congress, all of that. I tell people all the time, we're supposed to do that. But at the end of the day, we need to be uh, praying that we return to follow in Jesus. Amen. And, and so we see the first prayer of Nehemiah here. And, and it's, again, the Word of God in prayer, the strongholds that demolish the, the, uh, uh, the enemy. And, and this is really important. So I always tell our church, one of the biggest things for you as, as moms and dads, for you as husbands and wives, for you, for your family, for you as an individual, is you're supposed to look at life through the lens of the Bible. Meaning, I look at the world through this. And it makes it easier for me to see the temptations of the devil. It makes it easier for me to go, that is not from God. That is, that is from the enemy. And, and Christians don't do that. That's, that's half the problem. They, they don't even know where this is. But you're supposed to look at the world through the lens of the Bible. And so when we do that, one of the quickest things we do is we go to prayer. You ever been with somebody who's like that? You're all agitated and they're going, hey, let's pray. And you're like, I don't want to pray right now, dude. I'm upset. And it's like, no, let's pray. And you see where their heart is at. Mm, so good. And that's, that's important for us to remember. The enemy's going to come and, and, and we need to be focused, powered through the Holy Spirit, ready to be in the Word of God and be, be in prayer. But one of the other things you can't miss is you've got to be in fellowship. Mm-hmm. We need each other. God intended it for that, that reason. Right. We look at our second point in verses 6-14. through 14, Our enemy causes confusion. It says, So we built the wall, and the wall was joined together to half its height. For the people had the mind to work. So they're already halfway done. It only took them 52 days to get this wall done. 52 days to go around a complete city. And they're halfway done. And I love this. The enemy comes, and what do they do? 
They get right back to the work of God. That's a reminder of us. Just get right back to doing what God's called you to do. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Unity in the body of Christ. We need that today. We're, I, I was just talking about this. We, we're, um, you know, because we're in a small town, it's, it's different than being in a city. Because I, I, my church is in at Grace Calvary Chapel. That's where I came from, in San Antonio, which is over there by Lackland. Uh, with Pastor Joe, and and I was just talking about this. Is we we unfortunately we spend everybody's so busy doing their thing that they're not really working together. And so uh, unity in the body. And one of the things I love is they go right back to doing the work. Is is we got to to divine, and all of a sudden the Baptist pastor calls me. I've taught at the Baptist church. Which is weird. He asked me to come teach. We we got to know each other over the year. We meet for bre- we meet for breakfast every Thursday, and we have non denominational. We have Baptists. We have Templo Cristiano, which is Spanish. We have all these different churches, and the one thing that we agree upon is Jesus Christ is the only way. Amen. The rest of the theology, we ain't got time for. And what I mean by that is as we go out to do work together as churches, as a body of Christ, we're fixing to pass out turkeys on Wednesday for the, for the community. We have a community Thanksgiving service tonight. You got me, I'm Calvary Chapel, and then there'll be a Baptist pastor behind me who's going to be sharing. And, and it's like we have the chief of police and the, uh, the superintendent of the school and everybody's working together. And I, 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 when I read that, I go, wait a minute, man. I've seen this before. It's in the book of Acts. That's what the church is supposed to be. Now, when we get into our individual churches, we deal with the theology. We deal with the pre-tribulation. We deal with all that stuff that we believe as Calvary distinctives. But when we get out there to serve and feed the homeless or feed the hungry that we have because Divine has a huge population that is, is under-deprived. I mean, they, I think they do four or five uh, food bank distributions a, a month. Um, and, and everybody just helps each other. And that's what the church is supposed to be. That's what unity... When I, when I read that verse of being in the same mind, the same love, being in the full accord of, uh, and of one mind, that's what it is. To do the work of God. And that's what y'all need to do in this community. God has put you here for a purpose. And, and you need to, need to be praying for that. Verse 7, it says, But when Sambal and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. They got upset. And they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. So... <clears throat> Before, they're going to ridicule them and uh, mock them. Now, they're, they're going to threaten them physically. And the enemy's always trying to stir things up. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
And look at Nehemiah in verse 9. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. One of the things I cannot stand in the church, and, and, and I'll tell you this, is somebody who says, I'll pray for you, and they walk away. Because you don't pray. How many of you actually pray? I, you're on Facebook praying. Mm-hmm. Really? Are you? Nehemiah was a man of prayer. Throughout the whole book of Nehemiah, you see this. And we prayed to our God. But I love what he does because one of the other things that drives me crazy, I'm just going to give a list of stuff here. <laughs> Is is the is you ask a brother or a sister, hey, can you pray about doing this? Oh, Pastor, I'll pray about that. Two weeks go by. Well, how's are you still praying? Yeah, I'm still praying about that. Six months go by. Oh, I'm still praying. Really? Just tell me you're not going to do it. Because what I see when we look at this is Nehemiah not only prayed, but he did what? He set guard as protection against them day and night. Not only did he pray, but he went into action. And as Christians, that's what we're supposed to do. Don't just pray. Get moving. Take the step of faith and go do what God is calling you to do. See, we pray for God's protection. He often inspires us to take precautions against the dangers we see. But when we ask the Lord in prayer to do something, what should happen next is we should be taking the step of faith to do it. He gives us strength. He gives us wisdom. There's this great quote by this Marine general, General Puller. And, and this is his quote, because I, when I read Nehemiah, I, they have the enemy surrounding them. And they're going to come in to attack wherever they can find a place to attack. And Major General Puller said this. He said, Our enemy is in front of us, behind us, flanked on the left and flanked on the right. Matter of fact, I think we're outnumbered 21 to 9. He goes, But they can't get away from us. (laughs) And that's how we need to be as Christians. You have victory already. You have victory. Knowing that your, your prayer... Needs to have feet, need to have actions. It, it, man, it, it, it creates just this. Man, people get behind that. And they, they step alongside of you and want to be a part of that because they, they see what God is trying to do. They, they catch the vision of what the Lord is trying to do. And so your prayer cannot just be prayer. It needs to be, hey, this is the step of faith that God's given me to do. Man, let me tell you something. We, we were in a little room probably about this size when we started. And we had started having kids come, and, and we needed a place for the kids. And all we had was a sound room, which was actually a studio. And every Sunday I was afraid what, what, what was going to get broken. There was guitars on the walls. Or, I was just like, it's just a matter of time before something expensive broke. And then we moved into the VFW. And it's triple the size. And we're still a small group. We, we really don't fit. We could be in a small room. We'd be all right. It's just we needed a place for the kids because we started having more kids come. Um, and so Teresa ended up getting this wonderful classroom. It's the high school from 1903. 
and and so she has a classroom with the original chalkboards and the whole nine yards which the kids have no clue what those are which they love drawing on right but the reality of it is when we when it was we did a night of worship for the city we were going to pray for the city everybody was coming out of covid we planted the church during covid so we're we did a night of worship which People were like, you can't do the night of worship. It's COVID. It's like, we're just going to do the night of worship. We met somebody at the VFW. They said, come to the VFW. You can have it. And we did it. And we, we had a wonderful amount of people show up. We were blessed. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.